Good day everyone and welcome to today's Living Life. Um, I remember a couple of years ago, maybe more than a couple, uh, some years ago, uh, when I was starting out in ministry, I was a part-time pastor in charge of one team, one group, one ministry with a praise. And um, I came into a new group of people that I did not know before. And I was trying to start a small group, a community that would come together to worship and to grow uh, centered upon the Word, centered upon Christ. And I tried, I tried really hard, but people weren't following, people weren't coming on the same page, coming together. And I realized uh, from reading some books and lots of praying and maybe some crying, that I was in the center, that I was in the center trying to build a Christ-centered community. And so what I realized, uh, especially learning uh, and reading uh, some of Bonhoeffer's books, is that all I could do, all I should be doing, was to lead people to Christ, to be centered on Christ, that to take myself out of the center and to just help people to focus on Christ, and then we would become a Christ-centered community. It sounds easy, but it, it took me a while to actually get there. And then this Christ-centered community would actually be able to lead individuals to follow after Christ as well. And this is something we're going to see today. So let's read the passage and then we'll continue. Galatians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. Then after 14 years, I went up again to Jerusalem, this time with Barnabas. I took Titus along also. I went in response to a revelation and, meeting privately with those esteemed as leaders, I presented to them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles. I wanted to be sure I was not running and had not been running my race in vain. Yet not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised even though he was a Greek. This matter arose because some false believers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. We did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. As for those who were held in high esteem, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. On the contrary, they recognized that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the uncircumcised, just as Peter had been to the circumcised. For God, who was at work in Peter as an apostle to the circumcised, was also at work in me as an apostle to the Gentiles. James, Cephas, and John, those esteemed as pillars, gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace given to me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to be circumcised. All they asked was that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I had been eager to do all along. One of the things that I like uh, and respect about Paul is his comprehensiveness. 
right? He's comprehensive to the point to, of extreme repetition and explanation. Uh, his explanations and expositions are sometimes like, he, he goes on, you know, I, there's one sentence where he goes on for about 10 verses in, you know, for one sentence. But he's the master of building arguments and explanations. And so, having established himself, but then demoting his ego, demoting his ego under Christ and his gospel, he makes sure uh, that people understand that the gospel he preached was, was not made up of people. He adds further support for the authenticity of the gospel that he preached to them, the people in Galatia, the Galatians, um, originally, you know, the first time that he preached the gospel to them, from which they have actually turned away to a different gospel, which is not a gospel, as he said in Galatians, the first chapter. Now, not only did Paul, who could have been anything that he wanted to, right, be very successful and respected as anything he wanted to, not only did he demote his ego under Christ and Christ's gospel, but he also placed himself under the community of believers and the leadership that, were, that came before him as well. He took and kept people with him wherever he went, right? Um, and then he even consulted. He consulted especially with those who are esteemed as leaders because he wanted to make sure that what he was saying and the content, content of what he was saying is true and right. Even after declaring previously that his message comes directly from Jesus himself, that he learned directly from Jesus himself. He still made it a point to go to the esteemed leaders that came before him, the, the other apostles and disciples, to make sure that everything he said was correct. I heard a couple of months ago from a pastor, famous last words of people who would lose the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So this is a negative, it's kind of slightly sarcastic. Uh, the famous last words, right? Uh, and that is, I am accountable to God and God alone. Right? Famous last words of people who are actually living apart from the will of God, to living in a way that will lose the anointing of the Holy Spirit. So a sure way to be discounted from the kingdom of God is to refuse accountability from your peers and your leaders in the community of believers. Accountability to spiritual, uh, to spiritual accountability to your leaders, to your spiritual leaders and the body of believers is actually related to hearing God's voice. And that means of knowing God's will as well. Now, this isn't about controlling and about one's place, right? A place in hierarchy. So often when people hear the phrase or the terms accountability and submission, people automatically uh, think about control and the hierarchy among people, right? So, you know, you're trying to control me. It's actually about control and knowing my place and, you know, knowing to wait. And I just have to submit to people because I'm young or because I'm not experienced, because I don't have the authority or the power or the position. It's very easy to think like that. And it could, yes, but if done according to the truth, according to the scripture, it ultimately and really cannot be. Even if people wills it in this way, if we follow after Christ and his truth, this is not what will happen. Because we are not talking about anything that is man-made, anything that is of human origin, as Paul himself says, but we are talking about the kingdom of God. We are talking about the body of Christ and the gospel of Christ that leads us to salvation and have, to have eternal life and righteousness with God. God the Creator, God the Father.
Now, verse 6 could actually sound like Paul is, the, is being dismissive of the other leaders. It says, um, as for those who were held in high esteem, whatever uh, they were makes no difference to me. God does not show favoritism. They added nothing to my message. Now, it could sound like Paul is being dismissive of them. Uh, but, you know, I don't think so, because firstly, Paul is merely saying that they affirmed what he had presented to them. Right? They added nothing, meaning everything he said, he was not saying anything more than he should have been, than is according to the truth. The leaders did not need to correct or add anything. Right? Not like the other people that have been coming through and telling and confusing the Galatians with other truths, you know, to make the gospel that they were believing in to be different and perverted. Right? There was nothing more, nothing less that Paul was preaching. And the second was having been affirmed by the leaders, Paul is also confident in his, himself, in his calling and mission and the content of his ministry meaning that he did not fear the other leaders, nor did he give them undue reverence, right? You know, just kind of groveling at them because, oh, you know, it's Cephas, it's Peter, you know, the rock, uh, and so forth, right? Because they are all ministers of Christ, all disciples, all apostles, all apprentices of Christ. So it remains that Paul sought their affirmation, even as he saw himself as an equal, as having of being affirmed by them, by they, but also by Christ himself as a minister. He was confident, but not self-realized confidence, but confidence in the message that he had. He voluntarily placed his ego under Christ and even the, uh, the, the body of believers as well. And this is something that we need to be growing in as a sign of, of maturity. Confidence not in ourselves, but confidence in what we do, the truth that we have that is in Christ. So how can we grow uh, in Christ today? I want to repeat one of the points that I made earlier. Accountability to one's spiritual leaders and the body of believers is related to hearing God's voice, to knowing God's will. So if you are unsure, if you want to know, do not be afraid to ask, to ask your spiritual leaders, your pastors, your leaders in the church, and to even ask the greater body of what you should do if you are correct, if to know how you can be guided by the greater body of Christ. This is one way from the Bible that we can know God's will, discern His will, and to even hear His voice as well. So what are some things that you are confused about, that you are wondering about? Why don't you ask someone today? Ask your pastor this weekend, message him, email him, and the greater body, whether it be a small group or another accountability group that you have within the church in the body of believers. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for your word that leads us and guides us, Lord. And we thank you for the body of Christ that we are all a part of, Lord. And this day and age, uh, we have technology that connects us to people all over the world, Lord. And we thank you for uh, the universal body, the universal church that we have and that we are part of today, uh, that we can seek help and advice uh, from people even on the other side of the world. 
but we mostly thank you, Lord, for the local church that you have planted us in. And I pray that we will make full use and grow and flourish there, here, O oh Lord, to know and discern your will and your voice through the body and through the leaders that you have placed us among. So we thank you. May we grow in Christ-likeness today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For a single soul, reaching a further and stepping in closer, see Jesus.